Welcome to Miss Your Eyes and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama shadow cast. Already, that's what you say for the other one. You can't say that again. This, this has to be a bone cast. No, that's worse. The bone cast. <laughs> Bones. It's good. To- nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so as we mentioned this week, we did not watch Shadowhunters. We didn't watch Riverdale. Instead, we watched the entire uh, first season of Shadow and Bone and read the book. Just in time for the second season, which is dropping on Netflix, Our Enemy. Yeah. On March 16th. Yeah, sometime. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we We're re- oddly timely, Kevin. We're never timely with anything. Yeah, it it, it works. It's... It, it, it comes together quite well. Uh, yeah, so we read through uh, this this book and series. We have we have thoughts, we have ideas on it. It overall, because usually we start with an overall feeling. Um, I think it's a pretty good adaptation. There's things I like better in the book. There's things mm-hmm. I think the series did well. I think the series did a good job of deepening the world of yes. Shadow and Bone. Yeah. Um, and when I say the world of Shadow and Bone, the first book is called Shadow and Bone. Yeah. I think they did a good job of taking <laughs> things from the rest of the Grishaverse let's, and imbuing it early. Yeah, let's do let's uh let's let's broach that right now. So the first book is called Shadow and Bone, and the series is called Shadow and Bone. Uh which I guess will kind of fit until they presumably hit the Six of Crows stuff. Yeah, but then, I mean, you can't call the show Grishaverse. That, I'm sorry, that sounds dumb. Yeah, no, uh, yes, it it is the uh, it's the ever problem when you name a what you, what do you name a series? Because well, I mean, we have Shadow Hunters, which isn't the name of the book in any way. Nope, it's not the name of any of the no, books. No, it's, it's just the, the name of the, the people in the, the books. People in the books, because the books are the mortal instruments. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, I bet when they were making the show, they were like, "Okay, cool, we're gonna do all of the mortal instrument books, and then maybe we'll do the other series." I, I think it's more of that the the movie was called the Mortal Instruments City of Bones. That's true. So, like, they didn't want to necessarily tie themselves too heavy to the movie. The, the movie. Because the movie is different. And it didn't do well. Nope. So they're like, no, no, no. This is Shadow Hunters. The Mortal Instruments. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, no. They couldn't just call it Grishaverse. They, Shadow and Bone is such a nebulous name that I think it fits fine. I mean, well, the, I mean ultimately... All of the conflicts in all of the Grishaverse books do involve shadows yeah, and bones. Sure. There's always heart renders. Yeah. And there's always a darkling. I don't the the bones don't refer to the heart renders. No, I know, but <laughs> you know, at a certain point you can be like Aaron, Look, a bo- Aaron, a heart's not a bone. <laughs> but the heart renders don't just control your heart. No, yes, they do. No, because no, heart renders are also healers. Yeah, but no, corporal nicks are also no, no, so, heart renders or healers so or we'll, tailors. Yeah, right. so we'll sort of talk about it there. Okay, yeah, let's explain to people. Yeah, so hey, this is this is Shadow and Bone. Um, I'll give you a quick rundown. So, kind of spoilers for the series. Yeah, if you didn't watch Shadow and Bone, the TV show, and you want to without Before, being spoiled, yeah, we'll we're gonna talk about it for the next hour. Uh, but Shadow and Bone is the story of Alina Starkov. Uh, Starkov. 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 Okay. I don't know why when I said that because I got Because you thought scared. of Ned Stark? You were like, oh no, Ned Stark. No, I thought of a Tony Stark. Um, it's a story of Alina Starkov, Starkov a, a 
a girl who learns that she has magic powers and she does not like them and she's whisked away to a uh, magical school where she can learn to control her powers until she she does not like she does not like until she learns that uh, she has been betrayed and has to escape. Yeah, that, that is it. that is the that, plot. Of that the is book. the plot of the of the story. <laughs> this is like the Hunger Games meets Harry Potter. Yeah, with a Russia hat. Yes, it's very. Not, a lot happens in the book. No, they almost had to include the Six of Crows stuff. So yeah, uh, L- let's explain what Six of Crows is. So the, the the TV show has both Shadow and Bone. It also has another series in the same universe called Six of Crows, which is like a fantasy heist. And it probably was actually better. Well, more it, was, it, it popularized the Grisham. Yeah. Universe, so like. Six of Crows, um, Lee Bardugo, her first book is the author. Mm-hmm. Her first book that was ever published was Shadow and Bone. Yeah. And she is heavily involved in the TV show, and she's mm. been, like, pretty open that, like, the changes she's made on the TV show were things that she would have done in Shadow and Bone if she was a better writer when she wrote it. And I'm not going to put her on blast. I, think, I don't know who she is, but I feel like that's something you say. I think it's also, honestly, it could be true. There's a lot of things that if I had, like, my first mm-hmm. book made into a series, there's things I would push to change. I just want to say that that doesn't mean a lot to me. I, I think the biggest thing, and I think we have to bring this up now because it was a huge point of I think we should finish talking about Six of Crows, actually. Oh, I was going to say it was just the diversity. And yes. Six of Crows is a better received book because mm. it is a fantasy heist, so it's more complex. There's yeah. multiple viewpoints, but also it's an incredibly diverse book. Yeah. Uh, so they took, they essentially took, they didn't do Six of Crows, they didn't do the Six of Crows story. They essentially did a prequel with most of the characters which mostly works yep (laughs) they sort of had to split the characters into two groups and one of the groups works better than the other group yeah uh we we will get to that so there will also be we did not read six i started reading six of crows oh i've read six of crows yeah um then i stopped and went back and (laughs) shadow and bone uh i'm a very slow reader but uh when this started, I actually watched Shadow and Bone first, yes. and then I read, uh, then I read the book. You read the book first. Or... <laughs> I read Six of Crows first, and then you watched, <laughs> and then I read the sequel to Six of Crows, Cricket Kingdom, and then I was like, you know, they're talking a lot about this Alina character. I should maybe read her series. <laughs> so I did that, and then I watched the show. All right. Uh, so I mean, the big thing that happens is that those characters are present in the book. The yes. book itself. Just like getting into that, as I said, not a lot happens. I don't know about how you felt about it. The middle of the book is just sort of Alina going through Mean Girl High School. Yo, I also <laughs> read the sequel. To, like, so in preparation for this podcast, I yeah. read Six of, or Six of Crows. Did not read Six of Crows. Yeah. Read Shadow and Bone again. And then I just like continued on and read Siege and Storm, which yeah. is the second one. I'm probably through Siege and Storm right now. Um, also, nothing happens in Siege and Storm. <laughs> They are, I I hate using this because why encapsulates a lot of things, but this is very, very like what you picture YA as. It's a lot of her just sort of like thinking she's ugly, pining over random guys. <laughs> Being like, I couldn't possibly have powers as powerful as they think yeah, I do. So let's, let's begin at the beginning. So this entire thing kicks off. With Alina 
being in this thing called the Shadow Fold, which is just that takes fantasy Russia and cuts it in half with a big old shadowy monster-filled unsee, which is a really cool concept. And I think totally. that's where she said where like the concept started from. Yeah, yeah. She envisioned the unsee. She envisioned the unsee. Which is full of the Volkra, yes. which are like flying shadowy creatures, which yeah. we find out in this show. Yeah. Were once men. Yeah, well, you which find is in the, terrifying. In the book as well. Uh, it's what he. It's you know what uh, the the black heretic did many many years ago. The black heretic, the first darkling. <laughs> yeah. And can I just point out? It okay. is wild that there was a quotation marks first darkling, and another darkling has risen to such power. Really? Well, okay. So really, Ravka. So uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, the so the. It begins with Alina. She's in the shadow fold. They're attacked by Volcra, and then she unleashes pure light, which proves that she is a uh, sun summoner. Because in the Grisha verse, there are Grisha. Now, I really like this fact of it. They are adamant. They are absolutely adamant. What they do is not magic. It's science. And I love that because magic is what we use to describe something that we don't understand. They greatly understand what they're doing. So I like that they're like, no, it's not magic. Because all the Grisha do Mm -hmm. is manipulate elements. And molecules. And molecules, yeah. Yeah. They practice the small science. You know, literally, it's literally small because it's molecules. I'll say, so now we're on this. I'll say the TV show made their magic more magic. They, they They inserted different rules. Things like, oh, you they have to do, like, these hand motions to get things, like, moving. But also, they removed a lot of the stuff where it's, like, the, um, they have to use, they have a lot of, lot of tools. Yeah. Like, the um, fire summoners have to use flint. Um, they just kind of, they kind of implied at one point in the series where a guy, like, he, like, breaks one of his hands. So, he uses his other hand to just pull fire out, out of a sconce. Yeah. Which seems to imply, oh, they can only manipulate ma- manipulate fire, but other times it does seem like they are just pull it, like creating fire. Yeah, and I I think maybe them having to use their hands is maybe also present in the books. No, 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 it's not. It's not present in the books. I know this for sure. In the books, like they do, they will use their hands, but they don't say that like you have to do that. Um, okay, so I think then. Yeah. I think maybe, um, so there are people who, most people are afraid of the Grisha for yeah. various reasons. Um, Ravka likes to use them as soldiers. One of the other countries in the world, the Shu, um, does like scientific experiments on them. Yeah. And the uh, Firda, Fjordans, Fjordans, yeah, Fjordans, um, hunt them down as witches. Yeah. Um, and I think the Fjordans... I think in Six of Crows, it comes out that the Fjordans do believe they have to use their hands. Yeah. So I think that's maybe where in my head I was like, no, but I think they do. No, in the in the show, they absolutely... They do have to they, use their hands. Explicitly, they say they have to use their hands because at one point... Um, one of the Grisha is um, captured by the Fjordans and her hands are tied up above oh, her head. That, yes, that she does mention them well. I was actually going to think of the moment where Kaz... Um, uh, is fighting the fire guy. Oh, yeah. And breaks one of his hands and says, oh, can't do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, okay, Grisha. So Let's talk about Grisha. the Grisha. Yeah. Uh, Manipulate molecules. Yeah, there's something that's always weird to me, and it, it, it continues to be weird in both the book 
and the uh, TV show, which is that the Grisha are both high society, but also low society. Kevin, they're freaks. But it's it's just like the the it. I think it's a lot more prominent in the TV show because we got more visuals of mm-hmm. them versus the book where it's just all descriptions. But even the book, you get things where it's like, oh yeah, the Grisha tent is like fine luxury, and everything else is like. Well, the Grisha tent is fine luxury because the Darkling is staying in it. Like, let's not. He- so the Darkling, okay. In Ravka, there are two <laughs> armies. There's. The army, yeah. the first army, yeah. you know, normal army. Yeah. Army has army things. Yes. Trappers and trackers and map makers. An army. And infantry. Yeah, it's an, an army. army. Yes. And then Ravka also has the second army. Yeah. Which is the Grisha, Grisha army, which yeah. is the Darklings army. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, in the TV show, they very rarely call him the Darkling. They call him General um, Kirigan. Yeah. Or Alexander. I, way more in the TV show than they do in the book. Admittedly. Because at a certain point, you have to stop calling him the Darkling. Like, at a certain point, you as a people have to stop being like, yeah, this is the Darkling. His, it, he is the Darkling. So I think this is interesting because names are extremely powerful. And what people choose to call yeah. other people is powerful. And, you yeah. know, Jesper, who is a – we'll talk about Jesper later. He only calls Kerrigan the Darkling. Yeah. Kaz only calls him the Darkling. Yeah. Well, they're, they're not even from the same country. Exactly. But the people within the country yeah, call him Jennifer. Jennifer. Whereas, like, in the book, we're always in Alina's head. Yeah. And so she she refers to him as the Darkling. Yeah. Uh, the... So we're talking about, talking about the Grisha still. Um, yeah, no, I just find that it's a bit... Uh, like... It feels a bit uneven there, and them being both like they are definitely because like you know the Firda want want to kill them like mm-hmm. they're constantly and they're constantly set up like oh no we are uh we're we're, we're treated yeah we're treated yeah we're treated as that but a lot of the visuals we see are like high society stuff. The book does a better job of clarifying that a lot of that does come off as kind of presentation versus substance. Because like she Fair. says like oh yeah we eat in this big giant, um this big giant the big giant room and the stuff we have is like it's so great to me but I am aware that this is not like high society food well, it's no, just it's, good to me because it's very clear in both the book and the TV show that they are fed peasant food because mm. the darklings oh the darklings specifically wants them to be humble right that um, is true what I got from the TV show is it made me really think about um the greatest showman yeah. And how he had these people who, you know, his his freak show, quotation mm-hmm. marks, he had his freak show and he but he dressed them up in the greatest fineries because they were both like exceptional and outrageous and distinct from society. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I kind of see when I see the Grisha. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In Ravka society anyway. They, they, yeah. They, they, I mean, they definitely still are treated as, that's the big motivation behind everything the Darkling does mm-hmm. um, is that he doesn't want them to be outcasts. So he wants, specifically though, it's not that he doesn't want them to be outcasts. He wants them to be in charge. Yes. He yes. he wants to set them apart, but apart and above. Yes. Uh, uh, let's talk about Ravka itself. Let's talk about the setting. Because uh, we talked about the Grisha, so let's just shift yeah. over to the setting. Um, the setting for the Grishaverse is very, it's very copy, not copy and paste, find and replace Earth. Like, Ravka 
is Imperial Russia. And the Wandering Isles is, is okay. Ireland. No, I will say this. The Wandering Isles, I did not catch as – like, it doesn't come up. But in the show, because in the book, they don't really mention the Wandering Isles. It's on the map in the front. Yeah. The Wandering Isles, when uh, Nina does, does the a, accent, she does, does an Irish accent. Like, oh, Wandering Isles, Ireland. Fjorda is kind of like Netherlands. like Yeah, du- Sweden, Sh- Vikings. Shuhan is China. Shuhan yep. Sh- is the name of a kingdom from the Three Kingdoms period of China. It's ju- that's just the name of it. Um, I don't I don't know quite what Kerch is. I feel like Ketterdam is Ketterdam is um uh, Amsterdam. Uh, Amsterdam, yes. Yeah. But Kerch itself is just sort of like probably because it's just a small island, it has the least like I think obvious Kerch is supposed to be like Western Europe. Yeah, may- maybe the it's it's it, it doesn't. I guess my point is it doesn't have as firm of a switch. Mm. No, no, Zem, which is kind of mentioned occasionally. It's North America, but it's also Africa. <laughs> no, I was gonna say no, Zem is a hundred percent like the old West. Her, the, she when she arrives there in the second book, and I I know we're we're gonna go back to the first book, but I think this is important. Mm-hmm. She's constantly mentioning that everyone is spitting tobacco, and all of the house like and all the houses are like wood, and the ground's not paved. I'm like, yeah, that is the old west. Yeah, but all of the Zemini people are black. I guess. <laughs> so, it's... but I mean, but no, but it, but yeah, no, it could still be like old West America, just they're all black. Um, it is. They definitely, like, in the later books, she really expands the world and she really enriches the places outside of Ravka. Yeah. Which, again, because she wrote all of the other books and then the TV show got made. Yeah. They could do that. Yeah. Uh, There's also the Suli people, which are, like, a, a wandering, like, Romani-type people. Although they also have a lot of, like, Indian influence. Yeah. Like, Middle and, Eastern influence. Yeah, and that's a lot more of when you look at something and you're like, oh, yeah, that is a lot more of taking – of not find and replace that is like yeah. oh yeah you are you're combining things and you're using elements from a lot of different cultures to create a new culture but again like the suli and um the zemini and those characters yeah. appear more later. in the later books yeah yeah in the first ones you it's mostly ravnica shuhan and, and fjorda and they are very much russia like N- netherlands dutch and just china <laughs> just china <laughs> Uh, which I mean, it's also worth mentioning that they're she's very they're not our world's version of them. When I say find and replace, I don't mean they have the same international relationships. But the culture, the cultures are very yes, yeah. The cultural influence is very strong. Yeah. So I guess then we need to speak about the biggest. Okay, I don't think it's a big change. Yeah. But what people felt like was the biggest change. Yeah, because I have down that we should talk about Alina. Yeah. Yeah. So Alina Skarkova, our heroine, Starkov. Starkov. <laughs> Just keep adding syllables to the end of it. You know what? If it was Russia, she would have an A on the end of the name because... Not always. She's a woman. I guess, yeah. Uh, um, anyway, so, yeah, she... In, in the book, she's just Rav... Like, Rav... Ravka, Kim, the, she's plain generic heroine. She's Katniss Everdeen. Yeah. She's... In the... Um, in the TV show, they made her half-shoe. Uh, and... I feel like it adds a lot to her character. Uh, it it gives her more. It gives her more reason to specifically. So there's a lot of stuff about like Ravnican pride mm-hmm. in like all this. Where it's like, oh, you're Ravnican. You gotta do it for your country and all these things. So having her set up as someone being like 
why the country doesn't like me. Because everyone who sees her is like your shoe. It, assumes yeah. that she she's only half sh- only quotation marks. She's yeah. half shoe. Yeah. And Mal, her best friend slash lover, yeah. yeah, is half Zemini, I guess. I don't know. They call him a mutt like yeah. numerous times in the show. So yeah. he he's he's not pure blood Rafkin, whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. Um, um, but it creates a connection between them because they are, despite her not even being Grisha yet, yeah. they're already outsiders. They already wonder what it means to be Rathkin. Yeah, and it helps give them more, like, here, here's the thing. They are, in both things, absolutely poor. They're orphans. They're, they're raised in an orphanage. They're very much separated in that way, but it compounds upon it and creates a very interesting... Uh, situation there and it also helps show how much like the thing to keep in mind is that Ravka has been at war for a hundred years Except there are actually tons of orphans in Ravka because all of their parents <laughs> have died yeah. in the war well, and they have a special problem because their country split in half essentially they can't like support either side yeah because the, all the, the ports are on the west side yeah because the well, yeah, the other the east side is completely landlocked. Yeah, it took me so long in the series to realize that they were on the east side trying to go to the west side, and they never got to the west side. I I actually did not catch. I it took me a while to catch that that is what happened. Right, they ended first, up running back. They ended up running back. Yeah. yeah, I I thought one person ran back, but they ended up on the other side because I thought it was like a mysterious thing that the Darkling just suddenly appeared on the other side of the the Shadowfold oh. and he could get across it without like any sort of problem. But no, that's not that's not the situation. He stumbled back to his own side. Yeah, well, I mean, he never crossed yeah. that first go, anyways. Uh, yeah, so Elena is. They okay. Let's start. Let's let's do another change. It's a change to me that I didn't quite like. Okay. The very beginning of it. Yeah. So, um, Alina as a character in the book is quite passive. Is yeah. She doesn't do a lot to drive her own storyline forward. No. Um, admittedly, I don't think that's a, that's a huge problem in Shadow and Bone. The pacing is a bit off for how long it takes. But she is like she's in Shadow and Bone, the book. She's the yeah. outsider. She's the person who's entering a new world. Well, so she can't be super active because she's learning so many new things. Well, and also, I think it's perfectly fine to have a character that has things inflicted upon them. So much when we talk about writing, where I was like, the character wants to have to be actively always chasing after something. I'm like. No, sometimes people have things inflicted upon them and the way they react to those things being inflicted upon them is a show of what their character is. But so in the so, beginning of the book, yes. um, Alina is at the edge of the fold. Yep. She's gone there with the first army in yep. which she is a matchmaker, Mat- matchmaker, a map maker, a little match girl and her uh, her BBF. Yeah. Best, best friend. Yeah. Mal is a tracker in the army. Yeah. And their entire division is supposed to cross the fold yep. and go do some stuff on the other side. They don't, they're not clear what the stuff is. Yeah. It doesn't it matter. Does, it doesn't matter. Because these guys are like privates in the army. Yeah. They, they were ordered that you're going to cross the fold and they know this for a while. Like it begins. The reason and, they go there is yeah, to cross the fold. They're marching there to cross the fold. Um, and then as they enter into the fold. Things uh, go wrong. Things go wrong. But no, nothing 
actively goes wrong. It's just like crossing the fold is dangerous. dangerous. I think some... No. In the TV show. In the TV show, someone lights a lantern. I went back and like read the part of the book as I was watching the TV show because I was like, no, I think... I think in the book it's just crossing is dangerous. In, in, in the book, in the book, I think someone because there's no Grishas on. No, that's in, right. There's, in the... there's no Grishas on. No, there are. There's Squallers. That's oh, how they get across. Yeah. yeah. Um. But there's like Zoya is not there. The Darkling's not there. Yeah. Well, he he's not there in the. I know he's not there in the TV show either. <laughs> but like no no one's no yes. important Grishas are there. Yeah. So um they uh they're undergoing it. Yes. A crossing. They're they're attacked. Alina does her whole light thing. And then stuff happens. Um, in the TV show, it's like they were like, no, let's make this more exciting. Yeah. So, A, they're not there to cross the fold. No, they're, they're just, just there, there for some reason. And then um, Mal so Mal and Alina have also been separated for yeah. an indeterminate amount of time. Yes. Which I don't love. I think it's better if they're always together because then their well, separation being such a thing yeah their their weird codependence makes more sense yeah <laughs> okay so alina's there doing her maps yeah. mal arrives everyone's very excited they're just there yeah and then the darkling like decides that some army people are also gonna cross i'm not the even fold? sure if the darkling does it it's just that mal gets orders that he is going to cross the fold. And it's like very Hunger Games where only like like three people are picked. Yeah, it's really weird. And then so Alina gets very upset out and burns the map she was working on which for which forces her and two of her friends all of them all of, them, all of the map makers now have to cross the fold. You have to cross the fold and then they all die. To and, be fair though, Alexi who oh, he has runs a crush. Out. Yeah. Yeah, he runs out is never seen again. Because, uh, unfortunately... <laughs> he uh, somehow kidnapped a Kurt. Yeah, and then the Six of Crows characters get I'm, involved. I just got to say, that's a plot hole that I don't understand. He, No, no, he ran through to the other side. Yeah, he ran through to the that's other side. That's what it is. He went the other way. That's why I was so confused. Because he actually ran through. So, the first episode is very good and very dramatic, obviously. Yeah. It's full of holes. Alina yeah. burning this thing and making all of them that's, have to go That's across. not a hole. That's just like a, a, I feel like a bad choice. In, in, let's talk about Alina and Mal's relationship. Yeah. In the TV show, which I watched first, I was like, oh my God, these two kids are way too codependent on each other. She gets a lot of people killed. Mm-hmm. And in the TV show, Mal going after her feels a lot more getting people killed and codependent than yeah. in the book where they actually did, even though we don't see him in the book. Um, okay. After Alina is taken away. Yeah. So uh, Alina makes the sun happen. Yeah. And the Darkling's like, cool. I've always <laughs> wanted a sun summoner. Yeah. Come with me. We, we got to get you because you set up a big old light and definitely all the Fjordans will now, and the shoe. They, they clarify it better in the TV show. If she can destroy the fold, which is her whole thing, is training yeah. to destroy the fold, um, that would reunite Ravka, Ravka, make it stronger. And then the Fjordans and, then, and the shoe are going to be like, oh, sh- they're yeah. too powerful. Exactly. So um, th- so he whisks, whisks her away. In It's a small thing, but in the <laughs> in the, the TV show, I keep saying movie, in the TV show, <laughs> Mal, like, wakes up and learns, like, like oh, they took Alina to the uh, tent. He's like, no, if they learn she's not a Grisha, they're going to kill her. But she's clearly a Grisha because she made the sun happen. Yeah. Um, 
Alina spends way too long in the book and a bit of the TV show, just the book more. Yeah. Not accepting that she she summoned the sun from her th- and giving no counter argument either. I think in the TV show, it seems more clear that she's just like, I am not as powerful as you think I am. Yeah. Like I did that by I did that on accident. Yeah. In in the in the book, she spends a long time being like, no, they're wrong. And when they figure out they're wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, Alina, you definitely like everyone agrees. You, that's the only reason you're alive is because you made light. You didn't like if she was like, no, there must be a, someone else is the sun summon. They're wasting their time on me. Well, and what's super interesting. We're kind of jumping around. But yeah. um, so all kids in Rafka yeah. are tested to see if they're Grisha when they're like 10 or whatever. Oh, I guess we can do this change as well. Um, and in the book, Alina um, and Mal have become like fast friends. Yeah. And she just like suppresses it down. Yeah, she's just like, no, I'm not leaving my friend. And she pushes it down into her little tummy. So it just it it just doesn't work. And um, she's very sickly for like the rest of her life because she's like always suppressing her powers. Yeah. It's the the TV show also. Oh, I don't think they ever confirm super what the test is in the book because the TV show says they have to take sudden pain and the sudden pain will make them use their their small, powers. their small science. What happens in the book is an amplifier touches them and forces their powers to amplify. Yeah. So um in I think it's actually honestly way more impressive that in the book she's like you will not amplify. Well, so this is interesting. This is we're going off of this. She ha- so she has a scar in her hand. Mm-hmm. And she has a scar in her hand in the book. Yeah. In the TV show, they give that, like, a plot point. Yeah. Because what she did is because, like, she, like, somehow knew what the test would be. Yeah, she knew it was going to be a sharp pain. So she, so just in case, she squeezed yeah, she, She's like, I'm sharp... not Grisha, but if they think I'm Grisha. Yeah, it's a lot more confusing by having her be like, like why would she do that if she really didn't think she... I guess the impression is, like, oh, she knew she was Grisha. But, but she's she... very clear she never knew. She just did it just in case. Yeah, like, oh, she subconsciously knew. So she squeezed a, a, a in, in the book she has it, but it's just a thing that she got angry because Mal was, like, talking. No, like, no. It, she didn't get angry. She, Mal went away f- with the yeah. army for the first time because he's older than her, like, a mm-hmm. year. And he came back from being with the army and she got so excited that she dropped That's what it was. She got crockery, excited. Yeah. And then she, like. Squeezed it she so was, hard. No, she was cleaning it up. And then he called out for her and she ran to him and hugged him and didn't realize she was still holding yeah. it. So it's, like, a yeah. cute romantic <laughs> thing. It is kind of. It's we, it's interesting that she has a scar on her hand. But it in, in one way, it's way too plot like specific and the other way it is just like a weird it's like not plot but it's a thing that becomes very emotional for her and i kind of like that more than her being like this is what i did so i wouldn't be a, a grisha it's also in the um tv show they kind of changed their relationship when they were kids like when mal and um alina were kids in the book yeah they um just like were ghosts they were a ton of orphans who lived at the orphanage yeah. but the two of them would like run around and get into mischief yeah and they were bbfs yeah and in the tv show it's like no mal was a little weakling and alina used to beat up kids who would bully him <laughs> like, yeah what? well they, they definitely tried really 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 hard to make alina an active character yes and once again, I'll say, I honestly don't think you needed that. I think mm-hmm. she could have had things inflicted on her and reacted to them. Because she also, the entire point of, like, the book is the point, the reason when she figures out that something is happening, like, when she figures out that the Darkling is actually, like, using her. Yeah. Then she finds her power she and then runs she starts away. to act. Yeah. yeah. She, run, she runs away. She makes a decision to go. Yeah. So, like, 
her already having made that decision earlier with the burning of the maps so that she wouldn't have to no, be apart from not, Mal, which who she, she was, was already, already apart, apart from, from um, just doesn't hit as hard. And I want now I want to get back to what I was saying earlier. Yes. <laughs> Mal uh, in the TV show, he, you know, he does the thing where he's like, oh, no, if they find her, it's going to do something. And then he runs and then she's in the Darkling's carriage and he like runs after them and he tries to steal a horse. And his two friends are like, fine, I guess we'll steal a horse with you. And he's like, oh, well, I can't have all of us getting court martialed in the in the book, even though we don't see things as a point of view, it's all from Alina's point of view. When he comes back, he you get the sense that what happened was that he actually, t- like, testified, kind of, yeah. at her, not trial, but... But he he explained yeah. that she made the sun. Yeah, and he's like, well, and he's basically like, well, I think she made the sun. Yeah. And then he's, like, so confused, and then when she's taken away, he doesn't chase after her, and it bugs him forever, and that is why he makes the decision to take the, um, the, take the hunt after uh, to the, get stag, the stag, because he's like, I failed her so now i'm going to so in, do in, it by finding the stake instead the way they did the tv show is once again their weird codependence yes where he like where he's like i'm gonna fight for her he's like, forever he's like, oh well i'll find well you guys convinced me away this time but i'll find another way to get you two killed because <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in, in the books they do those two do die, they do die. And he is out he's very like like you see that he's broken by it and he's like I tried to find you, but I got them killed. And did I also did I also fail them? Well, and what's even sadder is in the book, he doesn't find the stag in uh, Fierda. Yeah, the stag crosses back into Ravka anyway, and that's when he finds it. So yeah. it's a totally futile mission. Yeah. Whereas at least in the TV show, yeah, his two friends die. And then he sees the stag sees standing the stag. over him, and then it walks back the other way. And it's it's just. It, it's it's little choices, and I don't think they serve the characters as well. I see why they made them, but I agree. They make the characters <laughs> less... Engaging and more just... Likeable? Yeah. they're like It's weird to be like, they like each other too much, but it's not that they care about each other. They care about each other in the books as well. Yeah. It's that they seem to be unable to function Without apart each other. from each other. Well, and I find the books in that way more compelling because um, it's also about them like grappling with their feelings for each other. Whereas I feel like in the TV show, like they love each other. Which is why if like Mal wasn't so like, well, the only thing I can do is chase after. And he was a bit more like, what do I, what am I doing? Why didn't I run after? Why am I, why do I, what is, what is happening? Was my, was my testimony what made this happen? Oh no. Like him worried about that is a lot more engaging than just like classic action hero. I gotta find my girl. Well, and you know what's wild? So they do these things to make these characters more active, which makes them less likable. And then they decide to drop the general Kerrigan, Alexander Kerrigan, the Darkling mm. backstory, which doesn't come up until the third book, <laughs> they drop it in this first season. Oh yeah, no, you, why he made the fold? Yeah, so uh, we'd learn eventually that the Darkling was actually the Dark Heretic. He's the only Darkling. There's they, only ever been one. He also does at in halfway through, not even halfway through, like a quarter of the way through, to tell Lena. Also, I'm much older than you expect. Much, much older. It's a thing that happens with. Dark well, legs. That is in the book too, where he's like. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It's in the book. Yeah. I don't think it's in the TV show. Yeah. So we Grisha's 
naturally live long lives unless yeah. they're killed in battle. But he clarifies to her, I have lived for a long, long time, which makes you be like, so why does no one questioning that you... You could clearly be the same guy. Well, no, he says he's 120. Yeah, but... Um, and the more powerful you are, the longer you live. Yeah, in in the book, that it feels very much like too much of a hint. And then his mom, in the book, is yeah. like... So, same thing that happens in the TV show. Um, on the day of the Winter Fay. Yeah. Um, Bagra's like, oh, shoot! They found the stag! <laughs> Alina, you gotta run! He's the only Darkling ever! He made the Dark Fold because he was too powerful and he wanted he was power! So... <laughs> he was he w- so angry! He wouldn't care what would happen to the people that were where the Fold was. Yeah. The TV show, though, decides to tell us, well, he was angry for a reason. <laughs> yeah, he... Well they, well, they always have to do the, like... You can't make someone's backstory too, like, mean. You got to be able to still sell his face on posters. I just think it's super interesting that in the books, they don't tell us why he was so angry until, like, the third book. We're just like, (laughs) no, he sucks. Yeah. And he does, y'all. He does suck. He does suck. He he seduces Alina. And he's so much older than her. (laughs) Yeah, it's, to be fair. What does he outwardly look like? Ben Burns? No. Like how old is no? How old is Ben Burns? No, like? the Darkling. How is the Darkling in the book? How old is he supposed to look like? Like, because she just describes in everyone. In his twenties. She describes everyone as young. Everybody's young, except for Bagra. Except for Bagra, who is way, way old. What I do find is interesting about Shadow and Bone in general, yeah, is I don't think any of these characters are teenagers. No, no, they're not. They're, they're all young. Not. Like they're they're young. They're in their twenties. Yeah, but that's mostly because they're soldiers. And soldiers, they do die. Yeah, yeah, no, they're 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 not quite your classic YA sixteen year old. So like, it's it's fine. I, I, was, I think the Darkling is supposed to be like in his thirties well, in the book. Well, he's like two, what, three hundred years old. Well, when, well when he did, says he's one hundred yeah, and twenty, and that the, the original Black Herrick was his great great. I mean, they say when the Shadowfold was made. When was the Shadowfold made? I don't know. That seems like a fact we should know. Feels like that's a few hundred years ago. Uh. Yeah, probably a few hundred years ago. Yeah. So he... He has his own great-great-grandfather. Yeah, and the Darkling himself is pretty similar to what he is in the books. Um, He is a lot less very clearly trying to seduce Alina. In the TV show, it feels like it's just a happy happenstance. That he figured out. He's like, oh, maybe I can seduce this girl. In the books, he is... He's grooming her. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's grooming a 20-year-old. And I, I don't use that word lightly. Um, but and you know what? When you're 400 years old, because the Shadow Hold was created around 400 years ago. There we go. Ago, when you're four, 400 years old, it is grooming when you're trying to seduce a 20-year-old. Uh, well, especially considering how you're trying to seduce her so you can capture her and control her with a antler necklace or antler clavicle. Okay, so what I do appreciate is oftentimes in these fantasies with, like, super old fairy dude and young woman, yeah, there's not a very clear reason why he's into the super young woman. At least with Alina, she is the only Sum Sumner. Like, yeah. if there had been one, like, 300 years ago, he yeah. would have gone for that one. Yeah, no, you know, no, what he's trying to do is he's trying to make her emotionally invested in him. So, like, this is... So she can be tricked. Like, 
every single Grisha is emotionally invested in him. They all have a strong feeling about him, usually some form of reverence, which, yes, is not sexual, but is still Mm -hmm. a thing he has cultivated. He comes out like Hot Topic Edgelord, and everyone's like, damn. We like it. There are so many female Grisha. There are so (laughs) many female Grisha. This is on me being like, there's too many female characters. But every single Grisha we meet is a woman who is attracted to the Darkling. The only male is Ivan. And uh, Fyodor. Oh, man, I love Fyodor. He's Ivan's other buddy. I know, but he, he, he disappears halfway through the book. I know, but he comes back and... Yeah, anyway. Oh, and David. But David has no reverence for anyone. David just like. No, David science. makes stuff. Uh, but... <laughs> so, like, his, his entire thing is just having everybody love him and be reverent to him. And one of them, including, is Jenya, uh, who is the tailor that helps Alina, like, you know, be presentable. Jenya is... Even before things go wrong, truly the most tragic character in this show I think, slash book. I think Jenya might be the one who was potentially done the dirtiest in the adaptation. Because yeah. I feel like she came out way too mean in the TV show. Like she's actively trying to undermine Alina. And at the end when she like betrayed her, she's like... Yes, I did. I did betray you. Ha ha. And it's not made. So she does. Jenya's most famous line is beware of powerful men. Yeah. And it's not. I don't think. And it's hard because I read the book before I watched the TV show. I don't think the TV show makes clear enough that Jenya was essentially sold to the king by the Darkling and she is a spy. No, no I, I think... I and think, she's raped by the king. No, I think that's that's perfectly well presented even in, like, the TV series as well. Um, I just think that the book does a very... Does a much better job of showing how much, like, she is in... She's indebted to the Darkling as... Despite the fact that the Darkling was the one who put her in that position in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a very... There's a lot of complexity to her that I feel like the TV show just sort of made very, very stark with her being like, yeah, she still has obviously her horrible backstory, but I don't think it's clear in the TV show. I I think it, I think it's also just the actress plays it a lot more mean girl. Okay. I will fight you on that. Okay. And I will tell you what I think the difference is, is in the TV show, Nadia and Marie are super into being friends with, um, Alina. Yeah. And in the books, Nadia and, Mar- Nadia and Marie want nothing to do with her. They try to make friends with her the first day. And she's not... Nadia and Marie are the two No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're always there. They're bantering. Yeah. They're gossiping. They don't hang out with her in the book. And so because they are never hanging out with um, Alina, all of that friendship rests on the shoulders of, of no, I mean, Jenya. Alina in the books gets a lot closer with the other... Um, Grisha as well like she like because the entire thing the entire middle of the book is just her at magical school and there's this entire thing where like like all the Grisha go out and hang out at like the pond and she doesn't go and hang out in the pond until she becomes into her own with her yeah. power and then she starts hanging out at the pond but they don't do all of those scenes of her gossiping and having fun yes. with Nadia and Maria in the book those scenes mm-hmm. are given to Jenya 
the only the only other Grisha I really remember is Zoya. Okay, so let's talk about Zoya because Zoya Zoya has a lot, and she has a lot more going on. She has way she more has going on. She has a redemption arc, doesn't she? Okay, doesn't okay, so she, just, she? She no, no, she's not. Ahead. No, wait, she's not on the skiff at the end. We do need to talk no. about the end of Shadow and Bone. Yeah, um, she's not on the skiff, right? Uh, because there's a different thing that happens at the end of the skiff. Um, but she gets a full on redemption arc in this, where she is the prototypical yeah. mean girl. She is set up as as like for an instant potentially another part of a love triangle with Mal, and then that immediately goes nowhere. <laughs> so I did, um, y'all, I guess maybe if you haven't read Siege and Storm, this is kind of a spoiler, but it's not because they take a ton of stuff from Siege and Storm yeah. and plop it right into Shadow and Bone. So Zoya's like kind of a non-character in Shadow and Bone, the book. Yeah, she mo- she's mostly there for Alina to show her up once and for her to be mean to Alina. Yeah, well, and what's funny is... Oh, in, and to flirt with Mal. In Shadow and Bone, the book, during the scene where Alina and Zoya fight at, yeah. like, combat training, yeah. um, Zoya is the one who's like, I'm going to fight that little girl. Whereas <laughs> the TV show, again, they're trying to make Alina more active. Yeah. So she takes on this insane hubris of being like... I'm going to fight her. Yeah. Anyway, so the whole thing with her being upset about the town being destroyed because she has an aunt and a niece yeah. and a niece who lives in that town. Yeah. That's all from Sage and Storm. Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, very significant in some of the later books. Um, and then in Siege and Storm, when Alina returns to do Alina things, yeah. Zoya is, like, her most fervent supporter. Um, but Alina is still, like, very concerned that Mal is sleeping with Zoya. <laughs> so they do uh, they do just, a like, bit. They just, like, took all of it and were, like, into the first one. Yeah. But- because Zoya is going to be important later i mean at a certain point you have to be like we got to have other characters the entire book is from alina's point of view and expanding it out they did a really good job of giving you other views the one thing that you don't get a lot of in the book that the tv show does very very well is understanding how the world reacted to the discovery of a sun summoner um she is that they they always kind of assume there has to be a sun summoner yeah they're never clear why but they're supposed to be like pseudoscientists so i think it's perfectly fine that they're like it makes sense someone if there's sh- a shadow summoner someone should be able to do this the the science is all there yeah the small science is all there the small science uh so they always kind of thought there should be one i i it's not a prophecy technically because they're so hard in science. It's more of just like when you when they made the periodic table of elements and there's a bunch of gaps. Yeah. That wasn't a prophecy. That was just a being like, well, logically, there's something in here. There has to be this. There is a shadow summoner. We know about a line of darklings all yeah. from the <laughs> Kirigan line. Sure. Uh, but so, yeah. So they're like, yeah. So this got to be here. When she arrives, the book spends a bit like she is attacked by Ferdins at the Furdens at the beginning. Yeah. Um and then they kind of give a lot of stuff about how like, oh, there's these things, there's things. Eventually, when she eventually leaves, she sees some people being like, um, oh worshipping her a little bit. Kind like, of worshipping her. Or in, they've canonized canonized her. She's a new saint. Yes. In the <laughs> in the TV show, her doing that sends ripples throughout the entire world. And there are people who are because we have the Six of Crows being outside of, like, the the Grishas and all, and yeah. just traveling along, we see people, uh, like, planning on trying to kill her or full-on worshipping her. Yeah. It's super... Honestly, including the Six of Crows characters yeah. is genius. They add, like, much... <laughs> they kind of had to, I feel ...diversity like. <laughs> and levity to the show. But they also, like... 
sketch out the world in a way you super need. Yeah. So let's talk about Kaz and um, Inej and Jesper. Yeah, we won't go on too long of them because they're not, they're just straight up not in the book. So yeah. we can't really talk about adaptation there. But like, they're kind of the fun part. <laughs> the, the reason why Alina could have been a bit more things are being inflicted on me and I'm reacting to them is because on the other side, we have these people who are from the from the jump set up to we need to kidnap like they are coming for her yeah they are coming to kidnap her so like she's already tied in and they're like this misfit gang of geniuses yeah in their own many different ways whether that be just general genius uh throwing uh, the assassin who doesn't kill people uh-huh. um just gunning things uh and then eventually we get added in uh nina who never meets them yeah nina is a heart render who they tried to hire to be on their crew okay i i didn't this is something I, it also took me way too long in the first see first my first watching the season to understand she also works for the darkling like, yes like I know all Grisha do in some way, but she works directly for the Darkling to the point that the Darkling is like, where's Nina? Where's my spy? All right, go find Nina. Go find where Nina is. Uh, and, but she, before this like crew even can meet her, she's... She gets caught by witch hunters. She gets caught by witch hunters randomly. Um, it's spe- it's specifically Matthias? Matthias. Matthias. Uh who is another character from Six of Crows, and then her and Matthias just have their own bizarre adventure off in the corner. And well, it is like... there's it is, some cu- It's directly from Six of Crows. Yeah, well, there is some like cute stuff in there. It is so weirdly... Because unre- she's introduced as, oh yeah, we should hire we this her. woman. But then you see a scene of her like being like kidnapped. So you think like, oh... I guess like maybe that's just a one-off thing where they're like, oh, this is showing that mm-hmm. the six ghost people are running into bad fortune, and then suddenly she's a main character. And what? Okay, so what do they even need a heart render for? Mm. You know what? Kaz has plans on plans on plans, so I'm sure once he didn't have a heart render, he was like, all right, time for another plan. Yeah, there's there. I mean, we see the heart render we see in Kirch. Is you she uses her ability to get someone to tell her the truth, right? Which is something that I've not seen in the book. But she is hired by no, no, no. She, yeah, she's hired. She's hot. She well, she's hired by Kaz. Kaz is the whole thing where he steals a heart render. It's oh, be, it's because yes. the person who hired him was going to give the job to whoever could get him a heart render because right. he needed the heart render to get the information about the Sun Summoner from Alexi. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It. It is. The first episode is way too complex with what Kaz is doing, I feel like, because it's this very confusing thing where he's like, we're going to get a job, but to get the job, we have to do this first job, which means getting a heart render, but this other guy's getting this heart render. So we're going to get the heart render first, but this other guy found that we got the heart render. So now we, like, owe him money, but then I also have made a deal with your old boss, so then now I owe her my club. Also, I own a club. Okay. Kaz is consistently putting the Crow Club up as collateral. Like, I feel like that comes up in both of the Six of Crows books. I feel like that's, like, his go-to move where he's well, like, when, yeah, when is I the got only, no money. Here's when is my the club. only collateral you have and you keep winning? Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, their, their entire thing is chasing him. And it actually feeds in quite well in The Shadow and Bone. In 
In the book, Alina, when she finds the Darkling, is the black heretic. She runs away and she just sneaks off with like a the people who are playing this Christmas. Who are playing Christmas? Well, she just sneaks herself off. Like I, no, no, no. Oh no, that's right. Begra says. Begra tells her get into these, get into this cart, take it here, and then you need to get to this yes, city across the unseen. No one's going to check the carts leaving. Yeah. Um. In the TV show, it, she does the same thing where she goes into a cart that was run by, like, the people who are doing the entertainment for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's It's funny how much it, stuff is just, like, Catholic. It's not that Christmassy. Like, it's the Winter Fay. The TV yeah, show makes it more... Okay. No, no the, TV show, the TV show does a pretty good job of just having a big no, festival. I was say, the cr- TV show makes it a little bit more Christmas because they lean really heavily into the saints. And I forgot to bring this up earlier, but I love how in every depiction of the Sun Summoner, yeah. Sun Summoner like in the books and in the um, the the uh, TV show. plays, oh, no, the plays they do on the, the TV show, yeah. in the books and in the plays yeah. and in the like um, religious ceremonies, it's always like a beautiful blonde woman. Yeah. And so, you know, her being Alina. half shoe is just so good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So she uh, goes to sneak out of the Winter Fay. Yeah, she goes to sneak out of the Winter Fay and in a card of the performers. But the performers were already infiltrated by the, the six, six the, the, by the crows crew. So they just take her, and this and a very similar thing happens where like she's somewhat caught, but this time. The crows are involved in her being caught. Well, and it's kind of great because the Darkling actually puts out an order that, like, no one should be allowed to leave yeah. the ground. So it's very convenient that she went into the crow's carriage because they're going to get out, of course. <laughs> Especially because Jesper knows she's Oh, yeah, no, there. he watches her get it. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, the So then, you know, she'll eventually she'll go off. You'll find the stag. Happens pretty much uh, as it happens in the book. Though the book does a better job of showing passage of time where mm-hmm. the TV show kind of feels like because of the six of crows crew is what I'll say. Yeah. Because they are, they are on such, such a timer, but the book takes place over like six months. Mm-hmm. Like a long, there's a long time where she says weeks go by when she's traveling with Mal to hunt the stag. She's like, yeah, just days went by as we were trying to find this thing in the TV show. Everything happens very fast or it feels like it happens very fast. Now, to be fair, I guess, to the TV show, the Six of Crows crew does hang out in that town for long enough to run out of money. Yeah, but they're also spending money very... You could run out of money one day if you're buying, like, trying to buy, uh, you know, di- information. Yeah, it, I just, yeah. it feels very fast. Anyway, so they go off, they get the stag. The book also does a bit of a better job of making it clear that um, after when the whole, like, stag thing happens, Alina essentially saves its life. Which counts as like claiming it, claiming it because she, just like how the Darkling took its life, she gave its life. Yeah. So hey, that's why they can both control the amplifier that in the book is a necklace, but in the TV show is implanted into her flesh. So I kind of thought at some point it does sink under her flesh. I know in the book they in the can't... book she has a scarf around it. Yeah, for... I know. And I know in the book they can't remove it because she asks David how you could take it off. Yeah. And he's like, you can't unless you break it and then you can never have it again. Yeah. But I I thought at one point it did sink below her flesh. But I'll, I'll tell you I right now, know. it definitely does it in the TV show. And also that brings us to the finale. 
So uh, she has the collar on her, which which allows her to control be controlled by the Darkling. Right. So she they find the stag. Um, Darkling kidnaps her and Mal, and yeah. he keeps them both alive, yeah. so he can use them both which, against each which other. Which will be a ongoing theme, which yep. is a fine level of we care about each other. Yep, it just would have been better if they had I, I, not I, I, caused so many people I, I, to I will die say, in the interim. Just very quickly. Um, Action Mal feels like a problem for the second book where he's supposed to feel a bit more like, like, I don't want to do any of these things. Like, you know, what's interesting, though? So Action Mal. Yeah. Could really work for the second book, because in the second book, he essentially he becomes the head of Alina's guard. Yeah. And he atrophies, like staying in. Staying in, um, I'm thinking about the beginning of of Siege and Storm. That's all I've read to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about when they're when they're specifically on the boat. There's a lot of once again Alina being held prisoner and Mal being like, I'll have to find the way so Alina doesn't die. Man, nothing happens in Siege and Storm. They're like in. Um, We're not talking about Siege and Storm. The end of Shadow and Bone. Uh, in there's there's a bit of a divergence, and then there's a huge divergence. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's begin with the TV show because I think mo- more people yeah. might have seen the TV show than the book. In- so they're kidnapped. They head on down to town on one side of the fold. Yeah, they have the same name, which I think essentially supposed to imply that they're like left and right. Yeah. There's Kerbrisk. There's Kerbrisk. Kerbrisk. And then there's Novo Kerberisk, Novo Kerberisk being the one that's on the side with the ocean. Right. So they're in Ker- Kerberisk, K-R-I-B-R-I-K-R-I-B-I-R-S-K. And essentially in the TV show, yeah. it appears to me that they're just going to cross the fold. Mm. There's a lot of rich people who are on that transport. Yeah, it, it, it's, it sounds like what he did is he set up a thing, which I think he does in the book as well. Where he sets up like, hey, I'm going to do a performance on the because I have the Sun Summoner here. Yeah, but in the book, he just has a press conference and they just like stay on a dock. They don't nope. even get... Here they go. They do eventually. Um, I think he does a talk on the boat. But it, but it's a press conference. Yeah. Whereas like in this, the TV show, they <laughs> go into the the, the, TV, yeah. the the TV show also, he... It, it's... It, it, how to explain this in the TV show it feels like he did it accidentally yes like he just happened to be traveling with a bunch of rich people and, and he's like hey I have a sum sum and, and, and people are like thing. oh well, very interesting and then he does his speech and they're like we hate you and then he kills all of them he's like I'm gonna have to give the speech again whereas in the TV show he he, give, or sorry in the book he holds a press conference he's on the skiff the people are on the landing yeah no no he brings them into the he brings all the delegates into the skiff into the into the um he does. He because he has delegates from Shu and Fjorda and and Ravka. Yeah. At this point, the king has already been like poisoned, and the apparat, who is a much bigger character in the book, yeah, um, than in the TV show, is like now in charge. Yeah, and then he will subsequently disappear immediately and run his cult. Yeah. Um. But uh, he takes them into there because then she does her whole tunnel thing, and he gives the speech to them there. Oh, we should focus on this on the on just the TV shows. On the TV show, okay. he brings the people out. He does a speech. They're like, "We hate you." Cuts their heads off. But also, the Six of Crows people are there. Yes, and also Mal is there. Yes, and also Zoya. Yeah, Mal was not no. supposed to be there though. He snuck on with yeah, the Mal's, Six of Crows. Yes, whereas in in the, the book, book he's, he's supposed to be there. Yeah, because he's the prisoner, so that Alina doesn't we'll do, do anything what, weird. Yes. Uh, 
And then Alina, and then there's a big whole fight. It's a really cool fight, honestly, because Jesper is involved. And whenever Jesper is involved in a fight, it's a good fight. <laughs> Jesper is, okay. He's a trick shooter. Y'all, I'm just saying, who is your favorite character on the show? And yeah. why is it Jesper? Yeah, absolutely. It's Jesper. It's Jesper and his goat, Milo. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so Jesper is great. Um, there's all the, there's all the fighting that goes on and they pretty much just fight. And then, uh, like Alina makes a tunnel and she codes the tunnel and then they're fighting in there. And then the skiff comes shooting out, lands in Novo curse, but yeah. the darkling has been left behind essentially. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much like where it goes, where it, it, pretty much where it ends. So it's like a quick denouement. I don't care. <laughs> in the, the book, book, he does his press conference. Yeah. And as a part of his press conference, he needs to show everyone how powerful he is. So he expands the fold. Yes, he destroys destroy... Novo Curse. Yes. I was trying to remember that doesn't happen in the TV show. But it has to because that's why Zoya turns on him. Zoya turns on him because he killed so, her so maybe So maybe he did. Like, I, I just, the thing is, it's weird. It was I, so unclear in the I TV don't show. remember if he did do that, but maybe I, I think maybe I have images of him doing that. I honestly watched the series a while back and then I read the book. So I just watched the series and that's why I feel like, so in the book, he holds the press conference, he expands the fold and then he like sets off on his merry little no, he, he, skiff journey. He, he does it inside the fold because they watch it happen. Alina, Alina watches it happen. She actually can see. Yeah. So no, I thought that they were at the edge of the fold and it expanded past her. That was the sense that I got. They were on the edge and expanded past her and she couldn't stop it. No, because they, they, because he took them from the other side to this side and they stopped in the middle. There's a whole uh, description of a tunnel of light. It, specifically, they had to because she closes the tunnel. This is what happens in the book. She closes the tunnel and she runs off. Like she, she just leaves, which is like a big traumatic moment for her that she yeah. has. She she doesn't like get in a huge big fight. No, I she agree. Just, she just leaves. I'm telling the audience. Yeah. She just abandons everyone in the fold and kills like she, a lot of those people. Yeah, she, she would deem as innocent. Yeah, were, she kills everyone on the skiff. Well, or she she, thinks, she leaves them to their death. And she thinks she killed everyone on the skiff. Yeah, like, like Ivan survives and the Darkling survives, and I think a couple other Grisha. And I think the big thing that didn't get brought up that I it's very important about talking about the end. Yeah, that we kind of just didn't talk about because the TV show just completely ignores it is this entire concept of the cut. The cut is something that the darkling does to like just cut things. And in the the TV show seems to very much link it to his like darkness ability. The TV show says that, Every Grisha can do it. Does the TV show say that? Yeah, the book says that only the, he can do it. No, no, the book says everyone can do it. Because because Alina does it in the book, and she does not do it in the TV show. I thought, oh. No, in the book, she cuts the sails. Yeah. Uh, like, that's the big climatic moment. No, is, so I thought, yeah. I must have just filled in the gaps. Yeah. I thought she did it in the TV she show. Did not. And the TV show was making a point that only Alina and... um. The Darkling do it. No, in in the TV show, she never does the cut. I'm not even certain that they're... It, it's hard because the book does capital C, the cut. Yeah. And when you're watching a TV show, it's unclear on whether or not, like, that is a very important thing. Yeah. But I know in the TV show, it seemed like that's just part of his dark ability. That darkness has weight to it, so he can create, he can create a cut with yeah. it. 
But the book's very clear that he's like, no, it's the cut. It's a thing that only the most talented Grisha can do. Yeah. And then Alina does it later to the sales. And then later she constantly is just like, oh, gosh, should I do the cut on him? Oh, should I do the cut on this guy? <laughs> wow, I guess I just filled in that gap there. I could have sworn she did it during that fight. No, she did not do the cut. Because yeah. that, that, that should have been a big, big moment because it is an insane thing, especially like a cut of light. Yeah. No, in, in, the, in the TV show, it's just Jesper shooting people. <laughs> Yeah, but you know she couldn't she couldn't do the cut in the TV show because there were too many people who had to make it off of that. Well, okay, so, so yeah, this okay, is a big thing. So in the book, yes, um, she is horrified by what the Darkling has done. She shuts down her light powers. Yeah, and she just sort of lets the monsters attack come. everyone on the. But while that's going on, um, the Darkling pushes Mal off of the ship, and so she jumps off of the ship. Yeah. She goes and rescues Mal, and they keep themselves safe in their little bubble of light. Yeah. And they run away. Yeah, because he, because he, well, he's pushed him off already, and that's when she breaks using her uh, idea of the stag. Yeah. And then she's about to, cl- like, she, like, she's controlling it. She's able to, she has Mal there, but the Dark King's like, hey, you got to come back on the boat. You're not going to leave us all here to die, because you're a good person. And, and she's Lena's like, like, you're Not wrong. right now. <laughs> and just. Cut. And that is, like, a big moment, because. Oh, as she has, as I said earlier, she sees a lot of those people as innocent. She sees a lot of the Grishas innocent. Yeah. She sees a lot of the diplomats that were on that boat as innocent people. And to escape, she just sort of like left them all to die. And that is a big thing that's haunting her. But but I guess we're going in a slightly different well, character direction for season two. Uh, in the book... There are no named characters on that ship. <laughs> well, there's Ivan and there's the Darkling. Yeah, but I no Ivan can't be. No, Ivan survives. But He's... how can Ivan and the Darkling survive? The Darkling survives. No, Aaron, I agree. The Volcrae don't like to eat Darkling. No, I agree. I agree with you. But Ivan is on the ship because Ivan is always there. Ivan is always there. Yes. No, Ivan's on the ship. Darkling's on the ship. I think the Darkling says a couple Grisha survive and Ivan uh, survives. Uh, but um, but unfortunately, in the TV show, Zoya's on the ship. All the, all the six of crows are on the ship. Mal Mal's on, on the I mean, ship. He was on the ship before. That's true. So in, so when they stead, like the Darkling gets knocked off, and also Ivan gets knocked off. Cause, yeah. Because Jesper shoots him off, uh, and then they take the skiff skidding out of the the darkness and crash into Nova That's going to be very interesting to see how it's how it comes together because once again. The crows are not part of the story. No. And now that they've introduced them, they could probably do a bit more of, like, separating them, doing their own thing. But it would feel weird because Alina's stuff is such world-ending, like, mm-hmm. c- like the Darklings there trying to ex- control the fold and expand it. But the crow stuff is kind of just, like, a lot of, you know, I'm going to put my club up. <laughs> Well, and we're kind of like in the place where, at least with um, Nina and Matthias's storyline, it's kind of like caught up to the stasis they're going to live in until Six of Crows starts. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder if what they're going to do, because the obvious thought there is like, oh, you know, you do Shadow and Bone, Siege and Storm, Rise and Ruin. Yeah. 
uh, and then you do Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. Yeah. I think they should probably just take those stories and squish them together. You know, not... Because it's Netflix. You it's can't Netflix. guarantee you'll get more than two seasons. Not a lot is going... So the problem is you cannot do Six of Crows while Siege and Storm and Rune and Rising are going on. I think you could figure it out. No, you can't. Alina has to be at the end of her storyline. And the new character who is introduced in book number two, who for sure will be in the TV show, Stormhold, yeah. the pirate, yeah. privateer, um, they have to reach a certain point before the events of Six, and Crow- Six of Crows can happen. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I think... I, 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 I think it depends they could... if they decide to really heavily break from things, which we have seen before in TV yeah, adaptations. They have. <laughs> the, the problem is they're just like they're so intertwined um, and the characters have to be at certain points in their journey because of how they intersect. I mean, Aaron, I'll just tell you right now in in uh, in Shadowhunters, uh, Valentine should have been dead long before a lot of things happened. Sort of, but also <laughs> sort of not. Also, Jocelyn should have still been around. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap up here. I'll, I I hope you all enjoyed that. You don't really have a an ending for this. So I guess Aaron, do your thing. Um. Yeah. So what I will say actually is, um, do you want us to do one of these for Shadow and Bone season two? Do you want us to pick it up during one of the inevitable Riverdale breaks? Do you want us to pick it up when Riverdale's over? Should we become an adaptation podcast? Let us know. We're over on the social media, Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And hey, we're doing weird things. We're timely. Give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcasts or your podcaster of choice. And you can catch my books. They're available at KevinWeirdBooks.com. And I'm over at flimsyplan.com. And we'll be back in a couple weeks. Oh, God. Like three weeks. Yeah. For when Riverdale returns. <sighs> Won't that be exciting? 1950s, I guess. Yeah. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.